the NBA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, remember to take some time to chill and grab the perfect cold refreshment. Coors Light. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. And welcome, everyone, to... A Wednesday morning edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. It's your host, ZB, 11 a.m. on the East Coast. Joined for today's show by Moonoff. Moonoff, how are you, bro? Doing okay, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay. We'll get into it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm excited. You know, it's, it's me at playoffs, man. We, how can you not be excited? But uh, I, I know you're doing better than me as far as our picks on the show, though. <laughs> <laughs> It has been a good week so far for me, but um, yeah, you know, for those of you who missed, Munaf has been going on the train. The Lakers get bounced in the first round. The Lakers find a way to win last night, so let's start there. Amazing game, too. This series has been phenomenal so far. Your impressions of that game last night between the Lakers and the Suns. Lakers kind of had a lead. Suns came back, and then just enough late with uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis taking over. So your impressions of that game, too, there. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we talked about this in after game one, even when the Suns won, but this is like one of those old school, you know, type of playoff games with the intensity and the defense. Yeah. And I think early on in that game was the Lakers defense was at the championship level that it was at last season. So you have to give them a lot of credit on the defensive and on what they were able to do. They were getting their hands on passes turnovers you know getting the steals getting down the floor and getting easy baskets against the sun's team and um you know lebron and ad were were locked in last night and you know i think you what they were in a must-win situation um i think there's room for improvement for this lakers team because you know we'll, we'll get into it in a second here but uh, they're still not shooting the ball well, but as for last night, you know, it was good enough led by their two superstar top five players. Um, like you mentioned, Anthony Davis hit a, a big three-pointer, I think with about a minute and some change left. That gave him, I think, a seven-point lead. And then LeBron hit one in the final minute of that game. So uh, you got to tip your hat for for the Lakers for responding in game two, and then they took care of business. Um, I think the key guy for me last night for the Lakers was Dennis Schroeder. You know, he played absolutely outstanding. I think that was really much, pretty much the difference maker last night. He scored 24 points for the Lakers, efficient from the floor, eight of 16, two of four from three point land. So, um, you know, give the Lakers uh, and the champs a, a lot of credit here. I'm not, I'm not going to discount their or discredit their win last night. Yeah, no, great win last night. You touched on a lot of things I wanted to bring up. Definitely Dennis Schroeder looked really good. He kind of found that secondary ball handler role and then, you know, he had a couple of nice possessions on a Schroeder AD pick and roll late in the game. That was what they went to when LeBron, you know, wanted to take a possession off. Yep. Um, for the Lakers, I mean, their offense still does not look great. Their offensive ceiling, yeah. um, 
looks pretty low. LeBron doesn't still doesn't look like, like he hit those crazy jumpers, but we're used to seeing him getting to the rim and dominating. He wasn't doing that at all. The jumper was falling. I mean, he put up a very clutch performance last night in terms of the jump shooting, fall away jumpers, you know, hitting a couple threes. And then AD, I, I thought he got a pretty friendly whistle. I think he got the yeah. one. What? Uh, yeah, 21. Very, very friendly whistle. I mean, it pretty clear that, you know, that this was going to go more than, uh, you know, the Lakers weren't going down too well here, but, um, yeah. you know, he got to the line more aggressive and then defensively, they just completely locked in. AD was a monster on that end, blocking shots, mucking things up for the Suns. We saw, you know, DeAndre Aiden wasn't the same guy as he was in game one. Um, and, you know, Devin Booker still, he still has the matchups, but, you know, just did a little bit less tonight. He was only 7 to 17, but did have 31 points. He was 17 of 17 at the free throw line. And yeah. then uh, we got to talk this Chris Paul injury. It looks like this will linger throughout the rest of their time in the playoffs. Yeah, this is going to be tough for them because I don't think he he didn't close out the first half and he didn't close out the game either. So especially in those clutch moments, especially in the fourth quarter, you know, I mean, the Suns came out and they took the lead in that fourth quarter midway yeah. through and um, no Chris Paul to kind of close it down the stretch. And when you don't have your second best player, it's going to be tough to win games. So I think that's something to first uh, uh, monitor here at, at, in the next couple of days and then going into games three and four in LA. But um, you know, if, if I'm not going to sit here and make excuses that I didn't pick, you know, Suns to beat the Lakers, but I think it will be tough sledding for the Suns if they don't have Chris Paul being effective because last night, 23 minutes, only five field goal attempts, two or four even from the free throw line. So that's, you know, even, I mean, he missed two free throws, but that's not like Chris Paul, right? He's a great throw shooter. So um, the pressure now is going to be on Devin Booker to handle things on the offensive end. You got to also give Cameron Payne a, a shout out for the Suns. I think he did his best to kind of fill in for that role for Chris Paul. He had some clutch shots, you know. He's a pest, and um, you know he, he's gonna he's gonna have to fill that role for Chris Paul if this injury is gonna linger for him throughout the series. Yeah, I, campaign did play well, especially in that third quarter. He was getting going offensively, but I still think if you're the Lakers, you know, you live with campaign taking 15 shots yeah. against you. Um, I think Devin Booker is gonna have to, like you said, just get on the ball more and kind of be this team's primary guy, you know, and then you'll play shooters off him. If CP3 can't come back, that obviously hurts the Suns. I still think the Suns are in this series. You know, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they get one in L.A. Obviously, going back there for game three. For the Lakers, um, you know, still kind of concerning their outside shooting. I mean, they're, they don't really have much spacing. And A.D. tonight, he took four threes. was two of four, but he had a couple of air balls. You know, yeah. seven of 15 from the floor, 18 of 21 from the line. So he really got it done at the free throw line with his aggressiveness. But the jumper still wasn't there. KCP, 0 of 4, I believe he's like – maybe 0 oh. for 11 in this series yeah. or 1 for 12 in this series. Um, you know, Wes Matthews 0 of 2, Caruso 0 of 2, Horton Tucker, I think, um, 0 of 2. He doesn't really look quite ready for the moment. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Kyle Kuzma is someone who is not doing much offensively, but I kind of like he's really slid into like a 3 and D role. He's kind of competing on the defensive end, and he brings some aggressiveness as well. So I liked his minutes. And then Drummond and Gasol, I thought they were pretty good. What did you think of them tonight or last night? Yeah, I think you're even early on. Andre Drummond was battling on the uh, on the glass, both on offense and defense. And you know, in the first half, he was pretty effective for the Lakers to you know really stretch that lead that they got in the first quarter and the first half. And even coming out of the uh, second half, where they, I think they pushed it up to I think about I believe like fourteen to fifteen points. And uh, 
Marcus all came in and hit two big three pointers for them. So it was a great team effort uh, all around for, for uh, all the guys on the Lakers team. My question, or I think one thing that they may need to do if they need more shooting is they need to get Ben McLemore some minutes, even if it's like four to five minutes, because this is a guy that can knock down three point shots. You know, when he was with the Rockets, he was averaging close to, you know, 15, 20 minutes a night, and he would get easily two to three threes. So even if it's in stinks where you need shooters surrounding like AD and LeBron, I know he's a huge liability on the defensive end, but um, you got you got to find a way to find a way to get him some minutes and get some shots up to help the shooting. Um, I saw Montrez Harold didn't play last night. Did you find yeah. that interesting or what was going on with that? No, I, mean, I think he's out of the rotation. I don't think Frank Vogel trusts him on defense. I don't hate it. I mean, this was a game two, but it felt like a game seven, kind of a, a really high intense game. And I think, yeah. you know, Frank Vogel just didn't trust throwing Harrell out there to the Wolves on defensive end. And look, as much as they would like to raise their offensive ceiling, I mean, AD is going to play every available minute at the four mm-hmm. and, you know, or or at the five, you know, that's what the game, the lineup they close with, and they end up pulling away after they were only up one with like three minutes to go. They went on like a nine zero run or something with AD at that center. But you know, if you want to play Drummond and Gasol, and then you know, there's just not many minutes available in this front court, which is why the the addition of all these centers was kind of weird in, in the first yeah. place. You know, they maybe could have gone for a yeah. PJ Tucker type route, but great game last night. Obviously, they come back. Uh, I believe tomorrow um, with uh, game three in LA. Um. Yeah. Any, any of your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I think the uh, one concern, like you already mentioned, for the for the Lakers is going to be the offensive end. And if they run into a team, let's say further down in the playoffs, that's going to be absolutely shooting lights out and is a great three point shooting team or a team that's putting up points. The question is, is that the Lakers, are they going to be able to keep up with the scoring right now? I mean, it almost seems like that you're going up to a Phoenix team that is offensive efficiently is a good team. We threw, saw that throughout the season, but if they come out and have a great shooting night, let's just say they put up 115, 116 points, the ceiling right now, like you said, for this Lakers is around that 110 point mark. So yeah. uh, I think that'll be something to see going forward here uh, and what the rotations kind of look like for the Lakers. And if they're going to be able to knock down three point shots, start, starting with KCP, but uh, I think they're yeah back at it tomorrow night in LA um, nine o'clock. So that's, it, you don't know, two things to keep an eye on is going to be uh, CP three and then how the rotations are going to work for the LA Lakers. Yeah. And I'm just looking at this box. Scrum. If you want to know how LeBron's feeling right now, he only took seven, two point field goals last night and shot one free throw. I mean, the aggressiveness yeah. is not there. He shot nine threes. I mean, when's the last time LeBron did that? Only seven twos. So, you know, the assists were there and the clutch buckets were there, but um, definitely not looking fully healthy yet, although, you know, he just continues to be a clutch performer in these playoff games. So with that, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about that Clippers crazy loss. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is brought to you by WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get into all your favorite teams, players, and sports games with generous promos, odds, and parlays happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. All right, coming back off the break, Munaf. 
we're both been on been on the Clippers, stuck with the Clippers, game one, game two, series price. They're down 2-0. You know, how'd you yep. feel about that game last night? And uh can the Clippers survive here? I mean, they're going back to Dallas, uh, in a two a hole, it's really backs against the wall time. This um uh, Clippers need to figure something out quickly, uh to how they're gonna stop Luca if they even can. I mean this guy is absolutely tearing up this defense of the Clippers. 39 points again last night, seven rebounds, seven assists. And again, we talked about that three-point shooting for the Dallas Mavericks is going to carry them as far as it can go in this series. Game one, they hit 17. Last night, they hit 18 of 34, 52%. So I, I think that's, again, that, that's been the storyline for these first two games for, for the Dallas Mavericks, that they're knocking down three-point shots. And Luca is, you know, being Luca. I don't think anybody should be surprised at, you know, how well he's doing. Um, as far as the Clippers, man, I mean, I thought they they played better last night. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard came out and dropped a thirty piece in the first first half for the Clippers. Um, Paul George had a pretty good shooting night, at least inside the basket. He was aggressive, got to the basket, just finished one of seven from three point land. But outside of that, it. There's nobody else, nobody other than Reggie Jackson who came in in the final minutes because I think Marcus Morris had fouled out yeah. at 15 points. But aside of that, Marcus Morris, nine points, he fouled out, minus 12. Um, Zubac only had two points last night, Beverly three points. So they need to find a third guy that's going to really step up and it's not been Marcus Morris. I think the interesting part for me so far has been is why isn't Luke Kennard getting any minutes for this team? Is it a defensive liability thing or, or is he hurt or what's going on? Because you pay this guy $64 million to yeah. not get any playoff minutes. So, and he's a guy that can shoot the basketball and, and, you know, hit those mid rate jump shots too. So I think that's really interesting that he hasn't gotten any minutes here. Yeah, the lineups have been weird for Ty Lue, right? I mean, he, he's insisting on going super small and like these all offense lineups with Reggie Jackson and like Pat Bev and then basically a quiet center to end the game last night. You know, yeah. and meanwhile, like you said, Luke Kennard, is he hurt? I don't know. But Serge Ibaka only playing six minutes. Um, yeah. You know, that's another guy you added this offseason. Zubach only 22. I still think that going bigger is the answer. Um, but they just have no response to this Clippers, uh, this Mavericks offense. And I think, yeah. like you said, I mean, this game is not on Kawhi and PG. I mean, they did what they are supposed to do. Kawhi Leonard, 41 points and efficient. Paul George, 28 points, and he was efficient. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they did kind of their job. I think, like you said, no one else really stepped them on offense to take this offense to a super, supernova level. But they put up 121 points in this game. They kind of scored at will. They got what they wanted. They scored, you know, 33, 40, and 29 in three of the four quarters. Obviously, that, that, that quiet third quarter, but they yeah. were right there offensively. They just cannot stop this Mavericks attack, and I don't really see where the answer is coming from. You know, Luka has completely gotten busy, and he's had a, every single answer for everything, including mm -hmm. last night. Just absolutely – like, he is playing mad at this, yeah. at this Clippers team, burying Pat Bev in the basket and then talking shit to him. Like, yeah. and the Clippers are just kind of shook. Um you know, Barry is impressive by Luca. He's completely turning into a complete dog on top of all the skill he has. And, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr., 28 points, six of eight from three. He's been lethal this season, continues to do so. KP played well. Kleber hitting threes. I mean, they're kind of clicking on all cylinders offensively. Now, if you're the Clippers, you take solace in the fact that, okay, you know, if they don't shoot 53% from three, we win this game. 
Yeah. You could say the same thing about game one, but in the seven game series, you know, the sample size is not going to be big enough for you for it to stretch out completely uh, to, you know, get, get what you deserve per se. So I think that the Clippers, you know, they just don't really have any answers right now. That being said, I think this series is far from over. I think if the Clippers go get game three and I expect they will be, you know, no worse than what, like a one point dog in that game, maybe a two point dog in that game. Um, You know, they, they should have about a 50% chance of winning that game. And I think that, um, if they go get game three, this is a completely fresh series, and they just kind of need to get some momentum and and see some shots not fall for the Mavericks, I think. Yeah, and I think they need to do a better job. We know it's going to be Luka. They don't have an answer for him. We know that, but they got to find a way to close out on these shooters, especially yeah. Tim Hardaway Jr., who's buried, I think, a combined 11 three-pointers through the first two games here, I think 10 or 11, so... Um, let me see if I can see a line here if it's been posted for game three for these two teams going back to Dallas. Um, yeah, I do see a line. The Clippers are favored by one and a half in that game. Money line at minus 120. Um, you know, Dallas has not been a, a good home team this season. You know, I think they've done a better as far as the spread. And um, let me see if I can find what they're. I feel like that line is kind of begging you to take Dallas, right? It seems like it because of what has ha- happened in the first a little, two. Uh, a little bit of a sketchy uh, line. Yeah, and I, I thought of, I thought that was the case last night for the Lakers game, but I was completely wrong. Um, but let me take a look at what Dallas has done at the as as home favorites this season. They are ten and seventeen, but they are not in that role this season or for game three. But they're fifteen and twenty one against the spread at home. So, you know, again, I think at least games three and four are going to be like game seven type of 10 for the Clippers at least, because right now the pressure is not on Dallas Mavericks, even though Rick Carlisle came out and said that there's even more pressure now on the Dallas Mavericks going back home, being up, oh, uh, sorry, two, two, oh. So, you know, the Clippers are going to have to figure something out and it's going to have to be fairly quickly. You know, uh, they need a third guy to step up. And if not, it's going to take a godly effort from Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to go out and drop 80 points. Uh, a game by those two if they can't find a third guy to help them out yeah and also like the clippers like their body language is bad too they were like walking around yeah. kind of like sulking as well you hate to see that in the playoffs i do think for the clippers perhaps you could say they might be better on the road just because they seem to like kind of crumble under pressure in this favorite role mm-hmm. and we started with the nuggets last year i think getting on the road kind of facing some adversity together maybe could be a better vibe for their team like yep you know, kind of not in front of your home crowd who was kind of ooing and aahing as the game was starting to slip away, um, you know, kind of going and you can rediscover that sort of killer mentality. Um, but for the Mavericks too, I mean, I think they clearly are looking at game three as a must win type of game because they, they sense that there's blood in the water. You cannot yeah. let this Clippers team get up off the mat because I do think that the Clippers win game three, they, they will win this series, but okay. you know, um, just a huge game. And I, I absolutely love these types of games here where it's like, you know, okay, you, you did steal one, you know, then I love the Mavericks coming out in game two and just like sending a message to the Clippers. Like yeah. everyone kind of assumed, okay, you know, you got your one game now, like the Clippers get their blowout. We see what happens in Dallas. Like, no, Luca Dodgers was coming out for blood in game two as well. Up one Oh on the road. So sick performances so far from Dallas, really impressive. And, you know, I'm sitting on that 40 to one ticket for the Mavs. That's looking much better now than yeah. it was when the matchup <laughs> first came out with the Clippers. So 
Yeah. Um, and with the jazz struggling as well, that bracket could open up for Dallas if they can get it done, but um, definitely still a lot to go. I, I still maybe would lean to the Clippers in that series. Um, any other thoughts on that series? No, I think they get two days off here. They don't play today. Obviously yeah. they don't play tonight. They don't play tomorrow. So they get back on Friday. So some, Extra rest for guys like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George who may need it, and that gives them two days to get in the in the film room, film room and figure something out. And it's going to have to be fairly quickly. So you know, we'll, it's going to be interesting to see what happens on Friday between these two teams. I probably will lock in that minus one and a half right now. I expect this line to maybe move to maybe two or two and a half. Yes, sir, makes sense. Um, with that, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and get some uh, Celtics Nets talk. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is a go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Works, friends, family, and a million pressing socialists using an expectation to be on 24-7. You guys know how it feels. Sometimes you just want to take a moment to turn off and hit reset, chill on the couch, watch a couple games, bet a couple games. And that's when you reach for Coors Light because it's made to chill there's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains and the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Cracking open a Coors Light when you're sitting down to watch some NBA games. There's nothing better than it. So Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. It's from Coors Brewing, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly. All right, coming back off the break, we'll get to Net Celtics here briefly, and then we'll get into the games for tonight. That's Wednesday night. Um, seems like the Brooklyn Nets kind of came, finally came out of their shell last night yeah. and uh, yeah. just uh, – an eviscerating performance uh, in, in game two against Boston last night, kind of dejected Boston. We saw the bad body language there as well. Um, and, you know, with Joe Harris getting busy off ball, I mean, they were just absolutely lethal in that first half uh, offensively. And the defense continues to be pretty good as well. If I told you, like, the big three only shot 36 shots do you th- and made what they made up 12 12- 20, 20 of 36, you think they would have won this game? I I think, yeah. I mean, I, I think um, – I see where you're getting at. I kind of like yeah. them – I think they're more comfortable when they're like this when it's so democratic because then, like, the true power of the big three is that, like, you can't guard them without helping off of Joe Harris and Landry exactly. Shamit and Blake Griffin. Like, so I think the other guys getting getting looks, you know, is almost better for them. I, you know, KD post game was saying – and I think as a team, they – we're really like trying to get the ball moving more in this game. And they did do that. So thought that was good. And, you know, it also just helps to not face any pressure to answer the questions about the hierarchy of like who takes more shots between the yeah. big three. Like I like it when they're all just kind of chilling, you know? Yeah. I think last night was the, the Joe Harris game. I mean, obviously first quarter, I believe he had like 16 to 17 points and they, they pretty much shut the door in that first, first quarter, uh, first quarter, they were up by 14. So um, this series is over, man. And I think the one concerning part, obviously, I think he will play in game three, but Jason Tatum left that game with that the eye yeah. injury and uh, something to monitor. But I don't think that'll be something to hold him out. But I just think that it's too little too later. I don't know if they think the Boston even had a chance in the series, even when, when it started, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Jordan, 
All of their starters yesterday played less than 30 minutes. Kevin Durant, I don't believe he played at all in that quarter or did Kyrie Irving. So, you know, those things matter in the playoffs when you're able to get your superstars and guys that, you know, especially a guy like Kevin Durant and, and James Harden have been battling injury this season them to get that extra rest and um you know they took care of business uh even in that third quarter where you expect the team to come out and play but you know you got to give a lot of credit to joe harris last night shot the ball well and you know there i don't have really much to say i think this is going to be easy work for the brooklyn nets and uh, they'll look forward to that series against the uh, milwaukee bucks in that second round yeah and for the nets 18 assists in game one 31 assists in game two yeah, I think that kind of paints a picture of how they kind of revved up the ball movement, got Joe Harris going, and you know everybody got going and everybody was efficient, right? KD, I think, was eight of twelve. Harden yeah. was like nine of twelve. Um, you know, they just uh, they look really good, and yeah, um, that Bucks Net series, if, if we get it, is going to just be a really, really big time series. So the playoffs have just been awesome so far. This this series kind of looking like a dud, as well as uh, the, the Sixers Wizards series looking a little bit weak, but. You know, for the Nets, they look like they're on the path. They look locked in. Um, the rotation looking good with Claxton, Brown, and Shamit being your key guys off the bench. Jeff Green getting in there as well. So, obviously, you know, they're kind of starting to figure some things out, and they go on the road now where the, they're a seven-point favorite in game two. So, pretty big message being sent by the books there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think this is just too much to handle for the Boston Celtics and – uh I think it's going to be interesting for their what's going to happen in the offseason for this team because, I mean, obviously they are missing Jalen Brown in this series. But, um, again, you know, Jason Tatum struggled again last night before he left with eye, eye poke, uh, 3 of 12 only from the field last night, nine points. And like you said, if Jason Tatum's not having a good game, this this team does not have a chance. So uh, hopefully Brooklyn wraps it up here in, in the next two games in Boston and, and we, we can look forward to the uh, series against uh, Milwaukee Bucks if they win their series. Yes, sir. And with that, let's get for the games for Wednesday night. So we got three games on tap. Uh, you know, not the not the prime series per se, although we do get Knicks Hawks in here. But you know, good night to maybe grab an early dinner. You know, if you don't care much about the Wizards Sixers, we're trying to get a break here. But no break for yeah. us. We got to continue watching all these games. So let's start in Philly. Wizards on the road again. Sixers favored by eight. Total at two twenty nine and a half. Wizards did get the cover in that game one. Uh, Sixers didn't play great. Still got the outright win, obviously. So where are you going with this game two number here? Yeah, uh, I feel like there's going to be one of these games where like the Sixers are going to not maybe be focused or they're going to screw something up. And, (laughs) you know, I feel like, I don't know. I want to take the Wizards tonight. Plus the points, I think it might be something similar to what we saw in game one. Um, but I don't know, man. I'll take the Wizards plus the eight. I, I, I think that we'll see a, a a great effort from Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal tonight, again, like they'd had in in, in, in game one. Um, I feel like it's, it's just too many points for, for the Sixers team. I expect we were expecting a blowout in game one by the Sixers, but the Wizards had the lead in that game and, and, you know, the Sixers kind of pulled away in that second half, but, you know, I, I'm a believer in Russell Westbrook, you know, that and Bradley Beal. Um, and I, again, what Scott, Scott Brooks said in game one during that coach's interview said that they're going to continue to play fast, no matter what, they're not going to change the style of play because why would you change it now 
And that's that's the reason why your sire play has gotten into the in round one against you know the the Sixers. So I'm gonna take the Wizards here tonight. Um, I don't love it, but uh, I'll, I'll stick with my my man Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal tonight. Yeah, I don't love it either, but I do think it's a lot of points. I'm gonna go with the Wizards as well. You know, they, they got the cover in that game one. Didn't even play that great. Yeah. Um, they've just been a kind of a covering machine. I feel like this is just the Sixers. They're not really equipped to like kill you offensively and like make you submit. And then the wizards just kind of find a way to get points. I mean, they, they did a really good job scored over 25 points in each of the four quarters in this game, mm-hmm. you know, Russ and Beal were still kind of putting up the numbers and they find just enough to kind of hang around. And yep. the Sixers don't really have that like upside of like, Oh, we're going to hit like five transition threes and in, in a quarter and put you away. Like we saw with the nets last night, um, Joel Embiid, I think obviously going to continue to feast. So I think the yep. Sixers do win this game, but I would take the wizards plus the eighth, um, total at 229 and a half. Obviously, we saw a really high scoring first game in this series, but maybe feels a little bit high. Uh, thoughts on the total? I gotta stay with this over, man. I mean, I like, like we keep on going back to when, when coaches say that they're going to continue to do something and, and push the pace. I, I believe they will, and I think that's going to translate to points for, for the Washington Wizards. Um, I think that the one concerning thing from that box score was that the points in the paint that the Wizards were getting in the first game, they had 76 points in the, in the paint. Like we mentioned, we recapped it. So I think that's uh, going to continue here tonight. And uh, I believe we'll, we'll continue to see points here. So I'll stick with the over, especially with this wizard team. It, it's dangerous to take the under with the wizard. So I'll stick with the over. Yeah. What is your um, take on Sixers first quarter tonight? Cause uh, you know, it, we, it was looking good until Joel Embiid picked up his second foul. Then he went to the bench and then the Wizards came back. But yep. I, I do kind of like them in the first quarter with those stars on the floor. Yeah, and, and I don't think they're going to be calling more foul or early fouls on Joel Embiid. He, he picked up the two, like you said, in game one. Um, we want to see the stars out on the floor. The question for me is that do you think Tobias Harris is going to continue to be the guy or – not really repeat the performance that he had in game one, but do you think he'll continue to have success if they're going to double Joel Embiid? Because if Tobias Harris is not making his shots, it, it might, it might be a downfall for the Sixers. I think Tobias will have success. I think we've seen, you know, we saw with Jason Tatum in that play in game, the wizards do really struggle with this type of scoring wing type of player because, you know, they like to play these three guards and then they have Rui as a more of a power forward. So I think Tobias is a good matchup. He got it done pretty sustainably in game one. I mean, 15 to 29 from the field only took five threes. So he was, what, you know, 13 to 24 from two. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So I think he's, you know, kind of had a pretty sustainable scoring profile. I think he will continue to have success in this matchup. Um, and, you know, really all that's missing from the Sixers team is, you know, those other shooters stepping up. I mean, none of the other wings really played that well. I guess Seth Curry and George Hill kind of combined to be another scoring piece, but with Ben Simmons only scoring six points, I mean, Tobias is very valuable to them. Yeah. And I think that they need a, or Ben Simmons is a way for him to, you know, up his scoring. He did have 15 rebounds and 15 assists, but you know, if, if one of these guys has an off shooting night, Ben Simmons kind of have to be the guy to kind of step up for them scoring yeah. wise, at least. And three of nine from the field, all six from free throw line is not going to get it done for you as you get deeper and deeper in the playoffs, because you're going to, you're, you're, Arguably, your second best player is going to have to step up. So, um, I, I do like the angle of Sixers minus three I, I, in the first quarter. I, I think they'll come out and play well, and, and 
uh, try to get a hold of this game. And Wizards, we know they're 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 a gritty bunch. They don't like it. They don't give up. And we saw that in game one. So, um, yeah, I like that Sixers minus three in the first quarter. Yeah, and I was talking on the last night in the Sports Gambling Podcast uh, with Sean and Ryan. Mm-hmm. I think there has been a pretty noticeable game one, game two kind of bounce back feel to a lot of these series. Uh, yeah. with especially with the Bucks and the Nuggets, they both kind of got punched in the mouth in game one, came out super loose in game two. Same thing with the Nets we saw as well. The Lakers took a big punch. They came back in game two. Um, Clippers, we obviously didn't see it. But I think for the Sixers, I mean, look, the Wizards hung around, made that a close game. The Sixers kind of took that shot and, and survived. Yep. You know, I, I do kind of see the you know, potential for kind of a blowout here, mm-hmm. you know, but um, with going back to Washington for game three, where I feel like the Wizards kind of best hope in this series to like give their fans a good time in game three and four. Yep. Um, so, you know, I do maybe see that maybe uh, a big game for the Sixers here. And we'll, we'll talk about that more with the Jazz Grizzlies, because I do think there might be an element of that in that game. But um, any other thoughts on this game, player props, other uh, team totals or anything like that? No, that's all I had. Uh, I have a column coming out for player props tonight. It should be under review and getting all the on the website on our website at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. So make sure to check out the uh, player props for there for tonight's games. Yes, sir. With that, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with the rest of the slate for tonight. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. If you haven't played an Underdog Fantasy, you have to check it out. Their fantasy best ball tournaments, some of the best around, including their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament, where you can win $1 million. Plus, you can play a number of games involving parlaying player props for MLB, the NBA, and more. They also have a special NBA playoffs best ball tournament going on as well. So go to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN. And don't forget to enter their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament for your chance to win $1 million. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, coming back off the slate, let's go to MSG, where pivotal game two in this Hawks-Knicks series. Really can't wait for this one. Hope that the Garden brings it again. Knicks favored by two at home, total at 212.5. Feels like people are really buying into this uh, this get get right angle for the Knicks or the revenge angle for the Knicks. So, um, you know, I will probably lean that way, but you know, something about this Hawks team and just like, they kind of scare me a little bit. So moon up, where are you going with this game here? Yeah. And it feels like Knicks should bounce. I mean, Knicks had that game in, in the first game in game one. Yep. Right. And then, you know, Bogdanovich and Trey young just kind of took over that final minute, um, which cost them the game. So, I think the theory that you said where, you know, some of these teams that, especially for the Knicks who are such a young team and some of these guys that don't have that playoff experience, they, they kind of got exposed to playoff intensity and a playoff game in game one is a game where they should bounce back. I think obviously the big, the key thing for the Knicks in game one was the play of Julius Randle. And I think he should have a better game here tonight if they're going to have success. But, you know, even when your best player shot six of 23 from the field and you only still, you had a chance to win the game. Um, and only lost the game by two, I think that Knicks are going to be okay. And I think they should step up tonight. I think Julius Randle will have a better game here tonight. Um, I think the one guy that always is a thorn for you that kind of scares you is Bogdanovich because he can knock down those this, those crazy three-pointers in the clutch moments. So if they're, they find a way that, you know, kind of neutralize him and, and really limit his shooting, he was four of nine from three-point land in the first game. And, and like I said, he had some clutch ones down the stretch in the fourth quarter. So if they're able to find a way to 
you know, close out on him and, you know, limit his shooting. And the second point being that that pick and roll that we had talked about with Trey Young, um, uh, Nerlens Noel is going to have to do a better job of either picking up um, Trey Young and, and, you know, forcing him to go a different direction. I think they'll have some success tonight. And, you know, Tibbs is a great head coach. He'll make those adjustments. And I think Knicks, Knicks will win the game here tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Knicks, but, I'm, but I want to make it clear that I'm doing so without jinxing them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, always sketched out by picking your own team. But yeah, I do think that what you said about got to figure out a plan to stop Trey Young, you know, whether that's switching up the pick and roll coverage, but Nerlens does do a better job as well as the point guards on Trey Young. Wonder if we see more consistent Frank Nilakina tonight. Kind yeah. of a weird move by Tibbs. He played him for like a total of 20 seconds. I think yeah. if you want to have that option late in the game, give him a few minutes here and there to let him get in the flow a little bit, see what, see how Trey Young looks because you're not going to come in the game with no rhythm and then stop one of yeah. the shiftiest guards in the NBA. You got to give him a little bit of more game time if you want to use him. So we'll see if we see that tonight. And then I do like R.J. Barrett um, in terms of player props. And I think that he is someone who the Knicks need to get going. He, you know, he looks – he has a right matchup here because – all of the Hawks guards are a little bit too small for him and the, and the bigger wings don't really want to get out on the floor on him. Um, I think that whenever he has Trey Young on him, the Knicks should look to post up RJ. Um, mm-hmm. And he's someone who can do fill up the stat sheet in a variety of ways. His um, points, rebounds, and assist prop at 25 and a half. I will take that over for tonight. Really like that play. Um, and yeah, any, any player props for you or thoughts on the total at 212, 212 and a half? Yeah, I, I think one more guy that I, needed, that I wanted to point out is he's going to have to have a better shooting net than what he did in game one was Reggie Bullock, who is only 0-5, yeah. who is probably their best three-point shooter on this team. And in 19 minutes, he was 0-5 from three-point line. So I think if he's able to knock down a couple three-pointers for them, that'll you know change the game. Um, I do kind of like the over here tonight um, between these two teams. Again, we're seeing some of these game twos, especially last night, that all three games went over the total. And like you mentioned, that teams play a little looser in games game in the second game because they've been exposed to that game one and then they kind of have a feel for the other team. Um, so I do like that over um, two twelve and a half tonight for these two for this matchup. And then again, I'm looking out for Julius Randle to have a big game scoring wise tonight. And, um, you know, he is one of my player props for tonight. So I'll take Julius Randle over his points. I sensed that you were in, in, in the proud shot with Julius when you were, when you were talking about how he needs to have a big game tonight. So uh, <laughs> definitely, I know the Slack channel loves their Julius Randle player. Perhaps hopefully we can get, get some people riding on that tonight. I, I do also think RJ Bear has a big game. So I, I'm looking forward to watching this one. I think that the Knicks hopefully get this done. Yeah. Um, but look, you know, the only favorite by two at home, like this is what's weird about this series. I feel like all these games are going to be close and yeah. you just hope that it comes to a long series. As we sit here before we get the Grizzlies Jazz, Suns just popped at six, six and a half point dog in game three. Feels like kind of a huge spread right there. <laughs> yeah, it might be. I it might be CP3. The, yeah, the Chris Paul effect. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that's tough if he's not able to go, but uh, hopefully we get some news about it. Yeah, that six and a half is it's a little, a little large for me, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I may need to grab that. Um, yeah. But that's that's for Thursday, and as always, Moonoff, the hardest working man in the business. He'll be back with Dan tonight. I think you guys will be breaking down the slate for tomorrow. Is that correct? 
Yeah, we'll do the tomorrow night's yeah. uh, Thursday yeah. games for so you, you for guys. Got a big tonight. time, big time slate tomorrow night with Bucks, Heat, Suns, Lakers, and Nuggets, Blazers. But yeah. last game on the slate for tonight, Donovan Mitchell is back for the Grizz for the Grizzlies Jazz game. Jazz at home, favored by nine and a half, total at two nineteen, and um, some some interesting you know buzz coming out of Utah that that, that ankle. Injury, is he ready? Is he not? Dispute kind of caused some serious bad blood there. So thoughts on Utah? Um, maybe a little bit of turmoil, and do they bounce back here tonight? Yeah, you're the number one seed in the West, and uh, you lost game one. Obviously, it was without Donovan Mitchell, but you got to give a lot of credit to Memphis Grizzlies man, John Moran, and I think Dylan Brooks, again, one of the up-and-coming stars in our league, has has really been – just a pest on the defensive side, picking up the opposing team's best player. Um, getting Donovan Mitchell back tonight is going to be huge. Obviously, that's your best player for the Utah Jazz. I expect the Jazz to bounce back here tonight. Maybe some first quarter Utah Jazz um, on the spread. I believe it should probably be around three with a nine and a half point spread. Uh, I see that. Yeah, three, three and a half. So. Minus 120. Three, three minus 120. We have three. Okay. So, um, you know, I thought it was, especially going back to the Donovan Mitchell thing that we, we heard about prior to game one is that, you know, he said around shooter shoot around that he was ready to go. But later in the game, you know, even when I was watching the TNT uh, pregame show with uh, Shaq, Ernie and uh, Kenny, and they were talking about uh, and Chuck and they were talking about, they were so confused on whether Donovan Mitchell was going to play or not. And then it finally came out that they said that he wasn't going to play. So it was the the comments from Rudy Gobert were interesting about how they handled the injury, and obviously we heard that Donovan Mitchell was not happy with the decision of holding him out for one more game. And you know, if they go on to lose a series, is that decision by the Utah Jazz going to come back to bite them in the butt because they held out their best player? So um, that that was really interesting. But as far as tonight, I think that you know the Jazz should bounce back. Nine and a half kind of does seem like a lot of points. But um, it's a lot of points. It is right, like especially with the way the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies have been playing. Uh, yeah. I think Jazz find a way to win the game, but I'll I'll take Memphis to 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 cover the number here nine and a half. It feels like a lot of points. It'll just be interesting to see what kind of intensity the Utah Jazz come out with tonight. I expect them to to play well, especially coming out of the gate. So maybe if you do like the Jazz, maybe first quarter or or first half. Yeah, I think first quarter makes a lot of sense. You know. And they did lead this game by seven points at the end of the first yep. quarter in game one. Then the, the depth of the Grizzlies kind of came into play. And the Jazz depth is kind of challenged without Donovan as well. Um, you know, for the Jazz, I think, look, you know, Windhorst reported, you know, after that, after this situation that Donovan Mitchell is unhappy with the Jazz for an office. I think that's another interesting implication of this first round of the playoffs. I mentioned this last night on the show as well, that Donovan Mitchell, Dame Willard, and uh, Kawhi Leonard are the three names that people are looking at. Maybe the next disgruntled superstar that a Miami or a New York Knicks or a Chicago Bulls could chase after to try to add in and would be a trade this offseason. So, you know, that that part of it never ends, obviously. And the Jazz have to be kind of mindful of that after it's already shaky ground with the Rudy Gobert uh, COVID situation last year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for tonight, I mean, they're kind of – I think I like the Grizz of the cover here. I really like this over at 219 or, or maybe yeah. the Jazz team total at over 113. I yep. think they kind of loosen up here. That am I crazy? I mean, I really like this Jazz team total over at 113. Um 
because I do think they loosen up now nine and a half a lot of points. I don't really want to lay it, but does this game go over? I mean, I, I game one went over um, this number and the jazz shot 12 of 47 from three. I mean, they, and they now get their best scorer back. So what am I missing on this total here? Yeah, I agree with you. This was one of my favorite play, plays of the day. And, and I think one of the strategies that I do like is kind of, you know, sitting back in game one, especially in NBA playoffs and seeing some of these higher seeds that may come out a little shaky or, or battling injury and bouncing back what, scoring wise in game two. We saw that last night with the Brooklyn Nets. Yep. We saw that with the, uh, the, the LA uh, Clippers, even though they lost the game, we were talking about team totals here, but they came out and shot the ball better. So I think tonight is another example where Utah Jazz team total um, is definitely in lock potential or best bet here tonight. But um, you're right. You know, you're getting down to the Mitchell back. You should have a better shooting night um, because you did not shoot the ball well in, in game one. And they were one of the better three point shooting teams in the entire league. Um, so I, I like that angle of, of the Utah Jazz team total full game and first quarter also. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see this game. I think it'll be fun to see how the Jazz respond. They're kind of a off-the-radar team right now. But, you know, remember, if the Clippers go down, I mean, they kind of have no excuse not to make the conference finals either. Um, so yeah. a lot of pressure on different teams out West. Any pr- uh, player prop angles you like in this game here? Um, I think you got to kind of probably continue riding Valanciunas rebounding props, man. He's just been a yeah. monster on the board. I know he's battling Gobert inside, but, you know, Valanciunas has been a monster on the boards for the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. I see his line posted at 13 and a half, maybe a little steep there, but um, that that's one. And then let me take a look at some of these three-point shooting props here for tonight. Um I think Bogdanovich two and a half at plus money. I think that's pretty good value there. And also um, I think that Mike Conley will get a lot more open looks with Donovan Mitchell black back on the floor. His number is at two and a half at minus one Oh three. So those are the, the two three point shooting props um, that I do like for tonight. There we go. Let's um, any other plays specifically for this game, or do you want to go to for a full best bets for tonight? No, that's all I have for this game. We're going to wrap it up with our best bets. Yeah, we're having our best bets for a night. Remember, Moonoff and Titus will be back tonight um, with another show that will drop either late tonight or early tomorrow morning. And then McKee is going to be here for Friday. Not on Locker Room, I believe, so make sure you're subscribed to this feed. Uh, This is the NBA Gambling Podcast. Um, Please subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll have shows every day throughout the playoffs. Um, And then we'll get the schedule out for next week as well over the weekend. Um, So, Moonoff, Wednesday, May 26th. Three game slate, your best bets here. I think the one that we just talked about was probably my best bet, favorite bet. I think we might have a double lock on that. The Utah Jazz team total uh, around 113, 113 and a half. I'm seeing some 114s pop up, but you know, you're getting Donovan Mitchell back. You should have a better shooting game tonight. And we've seen in game twos where these teams that struggled in the first uh, in game ones have come out and done better at home. So if prime example was the LA Clippers last night, the Brooklyn Nets. And I think that effect will be on the Utah jazz here tonight. So the team total for the Utah jazz over one thirteen and a half. Uh, I like this all the way up to like one fifteen, one sixteen. I think they'll come out and shoot well tonight um, as a best bet for me. Number one, why don't you get to yours and I'll maybe I see if I can find a uh, second one here. Yeah, I'm on that Jazz team total over 113. I'm looking at two different screens, and one has 113, one has 114 and a half. So 
definitely could be on the move here um, or just at least check to make sure you're getting a good line on it. But yeah, we've already laid out the case. I think the jazz get, get loose tonight and um, we will see if they can, uh, you know, take it, take a one, one uh, tie in this series. Any other best bets on slate? Yeah, let's go with the New York Knicks in the first half. They're favored right now by minus one and a half. Um, We've talked about the Knicks all season long in the first half. They performed for us well. I think they'll come out and play well again here tonight after, you know, giving away, I think, that game in game one to the Atlanta Hawks. So I think Julius Randle will play better. I think R.J. Bear, like you mentioned, is going to play well. Um, you know, and the shooting for them should be better tonight. Derrick Rose, again, had a fantastic game one. His success should continue here tonight. So New York Knicks first half minus one and a half. And um, along with the Utah Jazz team total are my two locks or best bets for tonight. Yeah, I'm going to go with my other best bets. I mean, RJ Barrett over 25 and a half points, rebounds and assists. And okay. um, definitely stay tuned for Munaf's column tonight on sportsgamblingpodcast.com or Today, I should say, and then I'll have plays for tonight's slate um, for your player prop locks. Um, yeah, and that's about it. Very efficient episode. Lot, lot. The, the playoffs have been phenomenal so far. So, yep. looking forward to more good games tonight. Moon up. Where can people find you on Twitter? Find me on Twitter at sportsnerd824. Uh, we'll get my, my props column posted there to uh, hopefully fairly soon here. And uh, you can find maybe fast some more plays for either your baseball or some more NBA plays here tonight. Uh, so follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Yes, sir. Get that in. Follow me on Twitter at NBA Zach B. Um, also, please join us in the Slack channel. That's at sg.pn slash Slack. I see we got a DraftKings contest thrown in there for tonight. Um, picks, yeah. be, picks are flying around. Um, yeah, we, we had some people, looks like, on the Nets last night and the team total and the first quarter. Those were both easy hits. Uh, I think you had Nets first half. Is that correct? Yeah, I had Nick's, uh, sorry, Nets first half and also uh, followed your best bet on the uh, Nets team total. So yeah. last night was a good betting night uh, as far as making money, but then as far as, like, Suns and some of the other picks that yeah, no, I had. I'm, I'm, I'm actually loving it. It's, it's getting a little bit frisky as we all start to get to know each other better in the NBA Gambling Podcast crew. Scott was trolling us about yeah. our Clippers and five pick. Now we have a Suns Lakers thing developing. Obviously McKee's also a Suns fan. So a lot of contradiction in the picks and the fandoms right now. Um, and it's been really fun so far. Oh, for sure. And I can't <laughs> wait to, if the, if the Sixers find a way to lose tonight, I'm oh, yeah. sure Dan's going to go ballistic tonight. So I, if the Sixers lose tonight, I might have to bring on Sean too. So we'll, we'll see what happens tonight. I know we're going to be, I'll be back tonight with Dan to record for Thursday's games, like uh, Zach said, and we'll probably hopefully get that released overnight so you guys can have it in the morning. Yes, sir. And with that, good luck, everyone, with your plays. Again, make sure to check out the Slack channel. That'll be going this afternoon. And uh, let it ride, everybody. Good luck with all of your bets. Basketball, get it, get it, get it, the ball, because I'm going-